0: What's cracking, big dog rogues? Happy Q&A Monday. Hope y'all had a slamming July 4th weekend. You know, I'm sick of the slander about fireworks. Like, everybody on Twitter just constantly complaining about fireworks. Mm, They're so loud. They scare my dog. My kids. Shut up, bitch. Don't have kids then if you're gonna complain about it. Fireworks are awesome. July 4th is awesome. Shut your mouth and know your role. This is a July 4th Stan YouTube account. This is a fireworks Stan YouTube account. We stand fireworks. Okay, enough about that. Q and A Monday. I'm Nicholas. This is BDGE. Big dogs gotta eat fantasy football. We're talking everything fantasy football related every single day, five days a week. I think next week we're gonna start kicking off six days a week. We we'll started doing some mock drafts on Saturdays, but today I am taking y'all's questions and answering them to the best of my abilities. I do have a quick question question for y'all before we start. I'm, I'm curious, you know, if you're watching this video, obviously you are a consumer of YouTube fantasy football content. I would like to know who are your favorite fantasy football YouTubers out there? What channels do you follow? What channels do you watch as much as mine or more often than mine? And what kind of things do you think they bring to the table that I do not? What kind of things do you think they do better than myself? Anything is on the table. You know, you like that they do shorter videos. You think they got a better Marg recipe than me. If I see one fucking comment like that you're getting blocked but y'all get the point drop a comment I have a feeling we'll probably get a lot of the same comments and I'll know who you're fans of but I'm, I'm, I'm just curious but I'm done wasting your time it's time to tuck your shirts in it's time to stop yelling and it's time to eat If you would like your question to be featured on next week's video, you've got to join our Discord channel, which, getting a lot of questions about Discord links being broken and shit. Guys, Discord is now locked off to Patreons only. Anyone who got into the Discord for the last couple months, you are grandfathered in. However, going forward, if you want to join the Discord channel, which has all our Dynasty Startup Leagues available, paid leagues, a huge community of people always talking shit, to be honest with you. That's really all they do in there. You have to join Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. There's a lot of other perks in there as well, which you'll see on Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash B-D-G-E you'll be able to join discord through there and then you can dm me your question on discord so if you're already in the discord feel free to shoot me a dm at any time during the week any day any time any place you know we ain't sleeping here question number one q a monday why is darius slayton so underrated in both dynasty and redraft he's got big playability undeniable chemistry with a young quarterback that a lot of people love and he finished in second with 14.03 percent target share oh look at you getting all mathematical and shit target share behind golden tate's 14.21 percent granted he missed four games the Giants are going to sling it am I crazy for seeing him as a steal as the steal of the year so why is he being underrated let's break that part down first I think the obvious there are a few obvious reasons here when it comes to Darius Slayton as to why he's not being hyped up and reason number one the fact that the Giants have legitimately five and this is not hyperbole five very good nfl receiving options in their offense right outside of darius slayton they have sterling Shepard, they have golden tate they have evan ingram and they have saquon barclay five receiving options in this offense who we don't necessarily expect to be a prolific passing offense you might like daniel the hype behind daniel jones for redraft leagues or dynasty league whatever it is obviously he's young but the hype behind Daniel Jones for fantasy is the fact that he's athletic and he brings a lot of rushing ability to the field. If if he was someone who was not mobile in the pocket or outside of the pocket, we would not be hyped up about Daniel Jones just from pure arm strength. So we have five weapons who all should be pretty heavily involved in the receiving game, getting passes from a quarterback that at this point is definitely not an uprechelon passer. The second thing with Darius Slayton is as a fantasy community, people are always hesitant to buy into later round rookie prospects they need to see somebody do it over and over and over again before they really buy into it it's harder to get on the hype train early on when you had a guy like Darius Slayton who was a late fifth round pick he was he was like the 33rd pick in the fifth round and yes there are a fucking compensatory pick so don't tell me that there's only 32 NFL teams in a round so there can't be 33 picks there's fucking 33 picks more than 33 picks in NFL rounds once it hits round three so shut your mouth Sorry, I have to keep telling you guys to shut your mouth today. I don't mean it. I'm just I'm just hurt, baby. You have Darius Slayton who's a late fifth-round pick, almost a sixth-round pick. That always takes a lot of people in redraft and dynasty to buy into a player when they don't have the draft cap, Most people need to see more than four or five good games out of a fifth round pick to really dive in there. And with Slayton's production last year, he was sort of like Daniel Jones, where it was like schizophrenic, depending on who they were playing against. All of Daniel Jones was like five good games, came against very, 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 very very poor pass defenses. Same thing with Darius Slayton. I look back, he had three real big games, three games of over 15 fantasy points. They were against Detroit, they were against the Jets, and they were against Philadelphia. Three of the worst passing defenses in all of the NFL last year. Yes, I know I'm sweating. It's fucking like 92 degrees out here in New York. The dog days of summer are upon us the other thing with New York is it's very based on last year this is one of the most difficult offenses passing wise to project because we have no idea what the pecking order for this receiving group is based on all the playmakers they have last year the only thing we could look at are some of the numbers from last year to try to put context behind it there were five games last year week 5, 12, 14, 15, and 17 where all three wide receivers And I'm just referring to Slayton, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard when all three of them played over 50% of the snap, So realistically, all three of them were healthy fully for the game in those games you look at the target numbers sterling Shepard led the trio by a pretty sizable amount he had 46 targets compared to 31 for slayton 29 for golden tate he had 28 receptions compared to 19 for slayton and 13 for golden tate so it actually looks like golden tate was the odd man out here surprisingly because i was looking back at numbers I've, I've been not touting tate but i thought he was a good like later round pick because he had been so involved in the offense but when i look at the numbers where all three of these guys are on the field together tate seems to take a back seat in the yardage and touchdown department obviously slayton kind of blew both. those dudes out of the water and that is because as you mentioned he is a fantastic deep threat but he's not as involved he's more of like a he's almost like a a kenny Galladay jr in this new york giants offense so that was a total of five games where they played now to put more context behind it which makes it so difficult is evan ingram only played in one of those five games so what happens when evan ingram is in the lineup we have a one game sample size where those three guys played in 50 percent of the snaps and evan ingram also played that was in week five slayton was fifth on the team in targets that game. And Saquon did not even play that game. So again, it's very, very difficult to know where Slayton is and where anyone in this offense really is in the pecking order. That being said, you know, Evan Ingram is coming into the into the year with a Liz Frank injury. That's going to have a very lengthy timetable. Um, Shepard has like 92 documented concussions. So there's a good chance one, if not multiple of these Giants playmakers end up missing significant time this year, which will obviously boost Slayton's ceiling. It'll get his involvement really fucking churning in this offense. So, there are definitely things to get excited about Slayton. I mean, by all accounts, that's a very, very good rookie year. You Very, very rarely do you ever see consistency throughout the year from a rookie wide receiver. Like, you hit, I think he had like 750, 700 something receiving yards. That number is fantastic for a rookie wide receiver. When you start getting to the 800 and 900, you're talking about guys who are on the cusp of really breaking out very rarely do rookie wide receivers hit a thousand yards even like aj brown was wildly inconsistent last year and some of the best rookie wide receivers fail to show consistency so there are definitely a lot of bright spots he made a lot of plays he showed a lot of flashes and he was very good at times for the giants he just seems like a fade for me for redraft leagues because you'll never be able to decide when to start him. like this is one of the The most key points you have to understand when you're drafting for season long leagues, y'all. You can't be drafting players that you just don't know when to start him. I'm not fading him in Dynasty because, you know, he could end up being the wide receiver one in this offense by as early as next year. And like you said, he's got this undeniable chemistry with Danny Dimes. I love that. The fact that they came into the year together. So they're going to have this chemistry for as long as them two are contracted under the New York Giants. But it just seems like a a Patriots backfield situation where good end-of-season numbers does not equal, fucking put across through the equal sign, good redraft fantasy picks. The last thing I will leave you with, and I've talked about this before, I actually really, really, really value the opinions of people who are fans of the teams because they watch every snap, they watch every play, they watch every game, and their opinions of players on the team. Who do we know... Who do we know that's a relatively sizable Giants fan? Snacks is crazy ass. Eli Manning's career, underrated or overrated, who wants to start? Like if he ends up in the Hall of Fame, that's gonna be one of the- No, when he ends up in the Hall of Fame. If he unfortunately ends up in the Hall of Fame, this is going to be a big argument on like sports shows and and oh yeah, but that's why we're ahead of the curve. Right, and we're going to settle it now for them and let yes. them know that he shouldn't be in there to start. Yeah, I think he's overrated um, as a quarterback because if he didn't win the Super Bowls, he wouldn't even be in contention. Of See, a- but
1: it's funny. It's funny. You know, it's really fucking funny. If 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 my aunt had balls, she'd be my motherfucking uncle. Okay. <laughs> if Eli didn't win the Super Bowls, he did. He won them. It wasn't the fucking defense. We were like, oh, the defense were a giant Super Bowls. Go ahead. Try and fucking distract me from my point. You never will. You can't break this mental toughness. You can't. I am a two-time Super Bowl champion. Your team choked a fucking 25-point lead in the dark quarter. Eli Manning beat the greatest quarterback and the greatest coach of all time, and he didn't do it once. He did it twice. So you think- if it wasn't for general manager incompetence, <laughs> he would have had a better team from 2011 on. He didn't.
0: So to clarify you're going with underrated? I got an overrated out of that. Suck
1: my I'm going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> so you bleep that out on f- quit. Wh- underrated, do you promise? You know you, you know what? You motherfuckers, I get it all now. You set me up for f- you set me up for this. You know I'm on edge. I'm right on the edge. I don't know what comes next. You you set me up. Yes. You are sadistic. F-ing, Yes. You. Well, your hair looks stupid. Okay, you look terrible. I don't ever want you ever going near a woman because they will not come near you. You are a stupid f- too. You are a piece of f- for f- allowing this on your air. This is the
0: best content I've See, ever This, this seen. is by far and away the biggest Giants fan I've ever met in my life, and I highly doubt I will ever meet someone who's more dedicated to a team. He he lists his favorite. He lists his most important things in life as Giants, family breathing that is his list of priorities giants are number one so i asked next, you know as someone who thinks danny dimes is like a top three quarterback in the world he thinks slayton is a very very good role player going forward he does not think slayton will ever overtake that like alpha role doesn't think he'll be anything more than like a nine hundred thousand yard receiver and he is wildly optimistic when it comes to the Giants. I'm pretty sure last year he guaranteed a 12-4 and four season. Obviously, he's fucking just stupid and just saying that shit for no reason. But he actually, on, on a serious note, he is not a huge believer in Slayton for redraft, which I do take into account a little bit because, again, they watch every play. They watch everything, whatever. He's been following the team for a while. He knows how they're going to use him and et cetera, et cetera. So Slayton just seems like a, a pick that's going to be difficult to capitalize on in re because he is a big play guy, and that means – volatile weeks so good question there mr slayton and again when you guys drop these questions like nothing is off limits you could ask specific player questions specific league questions you could ask dynasty redraft keeper trades lifestyle questions whatever you want to get into drop the question satch 450 how does your analysis on preseason change now that the preseason schedule is cut in half well i believe the most recent update we've had was the fact that the nfl pa is lobbying to completely cut off the preseason. So there's really not much we can do. I, I think it, it's pretty cool that we won't have to see all these preseason. Obviously it's it's nice to see them, but like usually by this time, we have beat reporters saying one single thing, right? About a player that's not even really relevant, shooting their ADPs up and down the draft boards. So I kind of like the idea that we're not gonna have those. If there is training camps, I believe they're like very, very much limiting the access from the media. So I think what's gonna be really important is to be doing your research on who the media reporters are out there. I don't remember what resource it was, but someone, maybe it was Evan Silva, kept a list of like the best beat reporters on each team. Go tweet at Evan after this video, if you watch this and you're trying to get a list of those people, I think just tell him I sent you and go tweet at Evan, ask him for the list of beat reporters per team to see if we can get like a quality list going of beat reporters. I'll put that in the draft guide as well under my favorite resources so that you guys can go there and grab it at any time. I think it's going to be really important to understand which reports because the volume is going to be so low. We have to make sure the efficiency is very, very, very high because I usually talk about when there's smoke, there's fire right so if we keep getting reports from from teammates from coaches from front executives from beat reporters whatever about this guy he's gonna break out he's gonna break out he's gonna break out he looks really really good he's in really good shape we keep getting those same reports over and over and over again from a single player where there's smoke there's usually fire this time we're not going to have those high volume of reports so we're going to have to go with things like our gut we're going to have to go with things like you know what we just see the depth chart for right it's a reason like Miles Sanders I'll bring him up as an example all the time like just black and white picturesque yes you could say that Doug Peterson uses a running back by committee but the only thing we've heard this summer is that Sanders is the clear RB1 here and they have not Signed a veteran running back. So that tells you he is the clear option to take 18 to 20 touches per game. I think we just kind of have to go off that. The depth charts aren't going to lie to us. All we have is really player athletic metrics and uh, not much else. I mean, tangibly, I think what you're really going to have to do is it's definitely going to make me drop rookies a little bit. It's going to make me question any team with a new quarterback or a new head coach, a new offensive scheme. And that's going to be tough, a lot easier said than done, obviously, because there are a lot of teams like the Panthers who have both a new quarterback and a new head coach and a new offensive quarter with a new fucking scheme. Uh, you have guys like Tom Brady, Tampa Bay bucks, who I have been talking about on air, really, really, really loving the move for Tom Brady and thinking he's going to be a fantastic fantasy pick. But I think, you would be doing yourself a disservice if you did not take these things into account. I think it'll impact rookies more than anyone else, because normally the preseason, those first few weeks are like where they kind of start setting their depth chart and we get a better idea of how much playtime each player is going to get. And that what it does is like almost every rookie has to play limited snaps for at least the first month of the season. It usually continues into week six or eight. And what this does, I think, is cement that and probably elongate the process of getting more and more playtime because If it's normally a four-week process, that usually comes on the backbone of having the three or four weeks in preseason where they're starting to build their way up. So we might not see rookies really make an impact until like week eight, nine, ten, which obviously makes them a terrible, terrible redraft pick. So probably staying away from just about every rookie wide receiver and redraft. And I think you just have to naturally kind of drop back some of the rookie running backs this year. So good question, Statch. I hope any, any of that made fucking any sense. You could take some tangible value from it. If you did, scroll down, hit the button that looks like that. That. It's what we call a thumbs up. And it is much appreciated. It lets YouTube know. Y'all fuck with the videos. Y'all fuck with the Q&As. And I will keep making these. I'm, I'm actually really enjoying the Q&As. I want to know what y'all's thoughts on the Q&As are. Obviously, they're not as targeted. They're not as insular. They're not just a fucking topic. We're... They are all over the fucking place. Speaking of all over the place, Christian C. Question for the Monday Q&A. Thoughts on the controversy surrounding the Redskins right now? Are there any team names you'd like to see Washington change to? The controversy is just the fact that Snyder is a fucking moron. He's always been a huge jerk off. He's probably the worst owner in like sports. I don't think there's a more disliked person (coughs) in sports. I've actually known, I know somebody who personally worked with Dan Snyder. He actually designed his office. He built, he, this guy, this dude is is high up in architecture. He built the office for Dan Snyder. And he said this dude was like the rudest piece of shit he's ever worked with, like a huge, huge asshole. But that's beside the fact. Now, you know, they're getting pressured enough to where they feel like they need to change the name for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's long overdue. We're living in 2020 now, guys, where anything that's even in the questionable realm needs to be pushed to the side of racially, socially, politically correct. And I, I agree with the changes that need to be made there in Washington. Are there any teams' that, names you'd like to see Washington change to? Uh, I actually asked this on my Instagram, and I'll scroll through some of the answers. I said my favorite answer will get a free draft guide. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Big Dogs Fantasy. So there were some pretty funny names on this one. I'm not going to read them all off, um, but if you, again, want to go follow us at Big Dogs Fantasy, on Instagram, you'll be able to see all the names that are listed. I think we had 113 or 115 comments. To be honest with you, I could give a shit less. My first instinct were to say some dumb shit like washing tons of dishes, washing tons of laundry on a Sunday. So I'll shut the fuck up now and go to the next question. Uh, last question of the day, JJ, 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 JJ what up, Jay? One of our, uh, final 12 intern applications. Q and a Monday, you have mentioned your appreciation for Barcel's work in the past. So if they came to you and offered you a job as a head fantasy football guy at the company taking over from Roan, I'd assume, what would it take for you to take the job or is building your own brand and business too important? It's a cool question. And I'd like to preface this by saying, I appreciate the shit out of Barcel, regardless of the racial tension going on right now with Dave Portnoy they are <clears throat> the number one media company in the world right now when it comes to marketing that is not an opinion that is a fact fact not opinion they just understand how to communicate with their audience they understand what platforms they need to be on and exactly what is native to each platform to communicate with their audience. They do it better than anyone else in the world. I don't give a shit what you think about that. So I appreciate them from a business angle. The short answer to this is no, I would not accept a job from Barstool if they asked me to come on and take over the head role of fantasy. And I do imagine within the next like two years, as my following starts to get a little bigger, I'll start to be approached by some of the bigger companies maybe barcel maybe you know i never know what a bleacher report like just companies like that that want me to kind of join the team and become the content person for them and uh, there's almost no way i would ever ever I don't even want to say there's almost no way there's no way that I would accept any of those positions I get a lot of comments like yo ESPN needs to have you ESPN needs to hire you like there's not a fucking chance that I would ever accept a role at ESPN let alone Barstool there's a few reasons why just to preface with this is like they would never they wouldn't I, I'd make more I make more money now than I than they would ever be willing to offer me so from a monetization standpoint which is never why I do my work which is never what I'm passionate about but it would never make sense financially but for the real core of this shit I just understand what I value like for, for me Me, you know doing building this brand and being able to create content and and building a, a relationship with you guys and doing this with my friends and doing it successfully and having fun with it is everything i want so what would be the point of me if that's what i value the most right if that's what i enjoy doing what is the point of leaving that in hopes in the long run getting back to enjoy what i'm doing you know what i'm saying like people make a lot of shit complicated in their life like if you're enjoying doing something if you're happy about something why pivot to something else in order to one day maybe get back to being happy and enjoy what you're doing so right now like i'm having a fucking blast being able to do this i don't have to wake up at any specific time i don't have to listen to a single fucking person i don't have to do anything outside of exactly what i want to do so to give up that part of my life makes no sense because that's what i value most i don't ever 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 see myself going back to a job where I have to listen to somebody and I'm not like anti-authority but at this point I've, I've set myself up in life where I don't have to go back to that so so why would I the other thing like actually that I've thought about is I've, I've had some serious people come to me and want to invest in big dogs the brand uh, some serious offers some very serious people and I would always I, I turn them down and I will probably continue to turn them down. The way I look at what I'm building right now, the, the, the reason people take money in the first place is because they need it in order like you don't you don't just take money to take money. People take money because they actually need to put it towards specific business practices like you hear these VC backed companies right they take a lot of money in their round a round seed a whatever the fuck you want to call it take a lot of money up front it's because they usually have to pay people they, they have to pay developers they have to pay content marketers they have to pay the salaries of people as well as the, the technology and the software expenses that they're going to have what I'm doing right now The expenses are very outside of the actual studio itself. The expenses are very, very, very small. I don't need investor money. The way I look at what I'm building is that if I ever get to a point where I need to take on outside money, it's because I'm scaling too fast. I'm moving too quickly and I'm going in the wrong direction. That being said, if I were to consider taking investor money from someone, it would have to be one of two options. It would be basically a completely new project like say i wanted to create an entirely new company right like i wanted to what's something in the fantasy space that i think i could that would be valuable to you guys say i wanted to like i used to work with fantasy jocks right fantasy jocks.com they sell like the championship belts they sell like the in-person draft boards i got them all like they sell the fantasy, the, the championship belt. Say I, I have the audience. So I technically I have the leverage over all these fucking brands that want to sell you guys products because you guys listen to me, not them. If I wanted to create a company that sold those, right, we were like, all right, we're starting big dog belts today. That would take a fuckload of money up front to get that started because we need a warehouse to hold those things. The technology and the fucking machines to actually make those things are crazy. Uh, I've been to Fantasy Jocks' offices before in California. They've got a dope fucking setup, but it's also hella expensive. So it would need to be like a one-off project or like a one-off company in order for me to need to take on investor money. And the only way I'm taking investor money is if it's from somebody like I would. okay, I wouldn't take a job from Dave Portnoy at Barstool, but I would take investment from him if. I knew that whoever i was getting the investment from could also serve as a mentor i don't want to take money for the sake of taking money i would take money or i would the only l i would take in terms of like working for somebody else is if i knew it benefited me better in the long term like me being able to to learn from them right that was that was one of my not regret definitely not regrets but if there was one thing i could have changed about me quitting my job a few years back it was that like i wish i had found a mentor when it came to some of the marketing stuff while I was still in a corporate setting to learn more, to get better at running Instagram or Facebook ads, to understand more about the paid infrastructure of marketing because we I was working with like Fortune 500 clients, but there's definitely more I've, I could have learned in the marketing landscape. And as soon as I left, I had no mentor, I had no manager, I had no boss, right? I was just kind of on my own watching YouTube videos, how-tos, listening to marketing podcasts and shit like that. So the only thing that like would bring value to me is someone who's ahead of me in business and can teach me things that I would only learn by fucking them up myself first and then having to do it correctly the second time. So if I could skip that first fuck up step, that would be extremely valuable to me. But just straight money, straight cash from somebody is not, it's no more valuable from person X to to person Y. And I just wouldn't be taking money from people just for the sake of taking money. I don't want anyone to have that leverage over me. So going back to the original question, no, I would not take a job from Barstool. I would probably not take a job from anyone because I'm extremely happy where I'm at right now. And life is simply about being happy don't push it so i hope you guys are happy on this beautiful beautiful monday i hope you guys enjoyed the video if you did make sure you hit the the button that looks like that we call that thumbs up button on youtube subscribe to the channel if you are new we're gonna do fantasy football shiz every single day also you could see that thing in the top right corner talking about the draft guide which went live last wednesday it is officially Live And it is on and popping. Y'all can get it for free literally by going to monkeyknifefight.com using the promo code BDGE when you deposit $10. That will not only get you $25 to play with on Monkey Knife Fight, but you're getting the season long, the Rookie Dynasty, and Dr. Morse's injury guide absolutely free. You just have to play a game on Monkey Knife Fight. Play a game of $2 or more on Monkey Knife Fight once you deposit using our promo code. And then within the next 24 hours or so, you will get an email from myself giving you access to the guide so if you if you played a game and then you waited two days or something and you still didn't get an email access check your spam folder first of all check your spam and then reach out to me info at bigdogsfantasy.com but most of the time i have people reaching out it's probably that it was in the spam folder or uh or something else dumb i don't fucking know all right that's all i got for monday that's all we got for the Q&A. I love y'all i'll see you tomorrow tomorrow i'll see you tomorrow. Tony.